The Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association is proud to support BIV's daily Coping with COVID podcast series. And now that there is a plan to safely restart BC, we hope you'll join us in supporting your favorite local businesses. From restaurants to retail, our downtown businesses need us now more than ever. Thanks everyone and stay safe. Thanks for watching Coping with COVID-19. I'm Haley Wooden. Today, we're going to talk about real estate and what's happening in the Metro Vancouver market. My guest today, a familiar voice and face to many who have been avid listeners of our podcasts and of our videos, Jason Turcott, Vice President of Development at Cressy Development Group. Jason, nice to see you. Hope you're doing well and thanks for coming on the show. Oh, I am. And thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. So on the show, we've been talking so much about how various industries are coping with COVID. Tell me what's happening with real estate in the Metro Vancouver market. Well, it's um, uh, it's been um, interesting to say the least. Uh, I think as uh, you know, as a real estate company in this city, we've been um, you know it's, it's we've been grappling with with issues on on multiple fronts. Um, certainly, as a landlord. Um, both on uh, in commercial and residential real estate, dealing with a whole variety of issues of trying to manage our way through this crisis on that front, and then also on the on the um, on the new development side of both uh, new rental projects and uh, and condominium projects, trying to figure out how to how to operate in this new world of doing things remotely and and trying to get a sense of um, you know uh, the the depth of both of those of those markets as in these kind of obviously uncharted waters that we're in. Absolutely. A couple of things that I want to pick up on. First, generally speaking, there's been a quite a number of government policies at various levels aimed at supporting, say, renters. Now or more recently, we've seen some support around commercial tenants. Uh, what does the industry kind of make of the government response to date? Well, I'll, I'll start by saying that I am thankful that I have not, uh, uh, that I'm not the one making these decisions on, uh, on, 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 uh, from a political perspective you know these uh these are uh, unprecedented decisions that they're having to make and i certainly appreciate the complexity and, uh, behind them and the need to to be decisive and to help people out i mean we, we certainly acknowledge that um, but it hasn't been without its challenges uh you know to to private business um i mean if you could appreciate for a moment that it, as private landlords uh, we are a private business and uh not unlike a grocery store or any of the other businesses that are trying to find their way through, but we have been placed with this burden of, of sort of having our hands tied a little bit with uh, being told, um, you know, as an example, you can't, you can't evict somebody for not paying rent, which is obviously uh, the one tool that we sort of have uh, to, to deal with people that don't pay rent. And not that that's something you want to do uh, on a knee-jerk reaction in a crisis like this, but it, is, it has posed some real challenges as an industry on, well, how do we handle this? Um, um, and uh, so the, what, the way we've gone about it is really just trying to take a very proactive approach with, uh, with all tenants, both commercial and residential, and make sure that they are informed of the various uh, uh, funding options that they have through the various levels of government, whether it be... Um, 
um, you know, federal, provincial, uh, you know, the rent subsidy, all of that, and, and just getting out ahead of it. And it has proven to be effective. And, and by and large, I have to say, uh, most folks have been very, very honorable in how they've approached this. They've been honest and hardworking and, uh, um, um, you know, what we thought could have been a much uh, a more significant problem has, has not materialized much because, like I said, uh, people have been really, really great to work with as our, as our tenants on both the commercial and residential side. That's really good to hear. I know one thing we've heard from both the provincial government in BC and the federal government has been for landlords, if the programs aren't enough to help them, for them to really work with their lenders and private industry to meet any needs not met by government. Uh, what kinds of or forms of support have you seen from the lending side? And has that also been a pretty productive relationship during this time? Yeah, that hasn't been a piece of the, that, that we've um, that we've dealt with too, too much directly. I, I know that some of the tenants who have um, um, debt obligations on their businesses, uh, you know, have certainly gone down that avenue. It's a it's a web that we're still sort of untangling. Um, and it, it, it has been one that seems to have been more uh, like a bigger problem on the commercial side. You know, the, the residential uh, folks have been really great. And I think maybe because the funding has been more straightforward um, um, and, you know, not everybody has, has had the unfortunate circumstance of losing their income, too. So there's and people who people who are still uh, earning a paycheck have, have managed to, to continue to pay their rent. But, you know, for businesses that really do rely on month over month business, particularly small retailers, uh, being told to shut down has been devastating. And so that's been a problem. And so we're working through those on a case by case basis with our tenants uh, and, uh, and it's not a one size fits all. It's a, it's a different circumstance for each of them. And, uh, you know, we're optimistic uh, that uh, most of these businesses will find their way through it and ultimately it may take some time, but we'll, uh, we'll figure out how to make everything right uh, with, with some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely going to take some time for that mm -hmm. restart, which we're all looking forward to next week to see how that plays out in BC. I know one sector that doesn't necessarily need to restart the way say restaurants are is construction that has been allowed to proceed in BC throughout a public health crisis, but has that side of things, the development sort of in progress being impacted at all? Yeah. Um, uh, we were fortunate to be able to continue on with, uh, with some extra precautions and those extra precautions uh, certainly have had a little bit of an impact on, on the, 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 the rate at which we we're able to do the work. Um, you know, certainly some extra distancing, uh, you know, things like wiping down tools and making sure that we, we don't have more than a certain number of people in a, in a, in a hoist or an elevator. Um, also, have, they, they all have an impact on, on schedule, which has been the number one issue. Um, and certainly at the beginning, I think when people were still trying to wrap their heads around how severe this issue was, and there was still a lot of misinformation out there, we did see uh, uh, body counts on our construction sites dip considerably for the first couple of weeks and then I think people got comfortable with with um, the new measures that have been put into place the extra precautions and also there was a sense of relief that you know I'm, I'm still able to go to work and get a paycheck and, and I can do it in a safe environment and so we've actually seen the, the production level pick back up a bit which is which is encouraging. Do you think some of those health and safety and numbers measures might be here to stay at least for the foreseeable future is that the sense you get? Yeah, I don't. I don't see those going away anytime soon. And and um, and frankly, some of it's probably a, a you know a, a good thing to, to to stay with us beyond even this. You know, just extra precautions around making sure that we're we're all 
always thinking about people's health and wellness uh, at all workplaces, including construction sites. Uh, certainly, there's a there's a culture in construction of you know. Uh, grin and bear it and, and you know a uh, toughness that goes that is associated with that and we need to make sure that you know even in that type of an industry we're, we're always being mindful of people's health and safety mm-hmm. I know uh, that when we have you on the show we talk a lot about supply and the issues around supply and obviously those issues haven't gone away but when it comes to developers appetite say to carry risk throughout what we know can be a fairly long development process has that been impacted at all when we look sort of at the situation our economy might be in in the short medium or maybe longer term yeah that's a great point you make i mean it's 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 been a uh, maybe the most discussed topic in our office and and you know with folks at city hall etc is that um we've operated in an environment here that uh probably spans the better part of 20 years where because of the robust nature of this real estate market and how um, how um, predictable and consistent it has been uh, where it's been a relatively low risk and I put air quotes around low risk because there's still, certainly still a lot of risk involved but not like today um, we were starting to get into a higher risk environment before COVID, but then you, you know, when you start to bring in something like this, that we don't even know what the outcome is going to be. Uh, we don't know what the outcome could be on on things like uh, shutdowns of sites. You know, that's a risk. Uh, if 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 in fact this had gotten worse, or we see a second wave, all of these types of things have now put that risk level, which we would say, uh, relatively speaking, had been at an all time low for the better part of twenty years, into a much much higher place. Uh, so developing property today of all of all sorts, whether it be office, uh, rental, um, retail, all of it, uh, you know, right across the board, uh, condominium as well, is is a, is a, is at a higher risk, and we're, we're needing to communicate through to the other stakeholders that we deal with, particularly at City Hall, is that we need some of these some of these handcuffs that have been placed on us removed, and whether that be about added cost measures burdens of improving uh, neighborhood infrastructures or, um, 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 you know, covenants that we get saddled with restricting tenures and all these types of things. You know, it's those things all worked okay. And we were able to absorb them as an industry when we felt like there was a relatively low risk. So some of the reward or or the potential for reward was was being mitigated uh, consciously at City Hall. But as an industry, we tolerated it to a degree because it came with us that, that generally that lower risk. And I think that dynamic is certainly altered significantly now. And we do need our folks at City Hall to recognize the, the new environment that we're working in. And we need to cut some of the red tape. We need to work through some of the bureaucracy so that we have better options and we have we can be a little more nimble and a little more responsive to changes that we can't possibly anticipate right now. Cutting that red tape and that bureaucracy, of course, was a pretty pressing issue before. Do you think those concerns from the industry might be a little more better received during the pandemic just because we have that increase in level of risk? Yeah, uh, we certainly seem to have uh, the ears. And I think there's also a, a collective understanding at uh, at the political levels municipally and, and, and in, within the walls of City Hall that it will be construction that, that pulls our economy out of the the quote unquote recession, because um, certainly we are on we are in hard times now, and we have some uh, some yet to come. I, I suspect, 
And construction has always been a major, major, major piece, the largest piece of our GDP in this province particularly. And it will be what pulls us out of this. Uh, you know, the, the number I hear often thrown around is 40% of, of people in this province are employed either directly or indirectly uh, in construction of some manner. And so, um, so cities uh, across the board, I think all levels of government are recognizing that and, and the need uh, to facilitate uh, construction. Um, and I think rental housing is probably gonna be at the forefront of that um, and, and figuring out ways that we can create an environment where as developers, um, we can tolerate those risks and, and move projects forward because we're gonna need housing and we also are gonna need jobs. And those two things uh, you know, um, are going to be what, what you know, kickstarts the economy when it's time. On the topic of jobs, uh, we've been talking a lot about BIV people who have lost their jobs, who may not have jobs to return to, even though the economy might start to reopen. What kind of impact might that have on activity in real estate? Are there any indicators we can look to to sort of chart out where demand might be? Yeah, uh, you know, and that's why I made the point about rental housing. And 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 not that I have a, a crystal ball by any, by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but I think it's safe to assume that there will be an impact on people's incomes. Uh, people's credits, people's risk tolerance, um, you know, uh, and so what that tells me in a, in a more general sense is that there will be an emphasis on, on renting versus owning, potentially. I could be wrong, but I think it's the safer bet. Um, you know, obviously, if, if qualifying for mortgages uh, because you've had some financial troubles or, um, or frankly, have used up the savings that you might have used for a down payment to carry you through some tougher times, is, is going to increase the likelihood that somebody's next choice is to rent versus buy. And if we start doing that, even, even if that, that needle only moves 5%, with, with the limited, you know, with vacancies basically at zero here, that 5% has a meaningful impact on, on, um, on supply and demand in our market. Um, and, you know, there's, there's certainly a, a bit of a, a pause on new people coming to the province now, but one thing I think we need to recognize is when we get through this, we've gotten through it as well as anybody on the globe. Uh, as, as far as a jurisdiction in, in British Columbia, we were already one of, a, one of the you know, places, I think on a lot of people's pin boards as a, as a place they'd love to relocate to for a whole number of reasons, which we are really familiar with. But then this is just one more. Our healthcare system, our governments, they all stepped up and handled this in a way that is almost second to none across the, across the world. And so we've given people yet another reason to want to come here. And, and if that, again, if that needle moves even 5%, when we start looking down the road a year and a half, two years, which is sort of the, I think the time horizon where we might feel comfortable that we're sort of, you know, we got a bit of space between this issue and, and, uh, and, and current day, we could see a real pinch if we aren't able to get supply continuing to happen and, and then really meaningfully increase over the next 18 months. That's a good point. A final question for you, Jason. Maybe it's a bit of a crystal ball question, maybe not, but we're working from home, we're shopping from home, we're entertaining ourselves at home. Do you think we might see more of a shift to buying real estate at home? Any trends by way of that? Oh, uh, yeah, I think that there will be some lasting uh, impacts of this in terms of consumer behavior on uh, in, in every market. Uh, but but real estate for sure is seeing some some accelerated trends towards um, things happening online. And so what we've recently done is launched a, um, 
uh, lease-up campaign. We're right in the middle of it uh, right now of a new rental building that we've just finished off. And uh, we have, I think as of this morning, we have 65 signed leases of a new rental building uh, and not one person has physically stepped foot on the property. Wow. Which to me is quite remarkable. It speaks a little bit to the fact that there's still quite a demand. Um, and that people are, are getting comfortable with the use of technology really quickly. And uh, so we're seeing this not just in rental, but we're seeing this happen uh, in resale with realtors using virtual tours. And there's different platforms starting to emerge now to be able to, uh, you know, basically host a virtual open houses. Um, some of these technologies and these and these initiatives were starting to happen anyways. And we've been having conversations about, you know, do you think you could sell a tower or completely online? You know, they, these conversations were happening. What this has done is just accelerated everything significantly. And um, both in terms of developing the technologies and in a consumer's willingness to accept them. And it's happening at a, a, at a pretty rapid pace right now. And it's really interesting to to watch and I do think that it, it will forever change uh, how people shop for sure there's going to be a lasting impact interesting Jason as always great to have you on the show thanks so much for coming on with your insight oh thank you that's Jason Turcott vice president of development at Cressy Development Group thanks so much for watching coping with COVID-19 we'll be back with a new video tomorrow <laughs>